You're listening to The Jeff Caven Show, episode 139, Three Decisions That Will Change Your Life. Hey, I'm Jeff Cavins. How do you simplify your life? How do you study the Bible? All the way from motorcycle trips to raising kids, we're going to talk about the faith and life in general. It's The Jeff Caven Show. And welcome to the show today. Yes, we do. We do think about the things that will change our life, and we spend a lot of time looking for that right answer, that right book, that right podcast, that that right television show, whatever it might be, that might just give us the things that will really unlock our lives. And of course, there's many, many things that we can talk about. And uh, if you go and look at the back catalog here of the of the show, you'll see we've, we talk about a lot of interesting things and a lot of things that will change your life. Today, I want to talk about three, three decisions that will change your life radically. So if you're looking for that change in your life and you're you're asking uh, God to to show you what to do, one, two or three of these things today just might be the adjustment that you are looking for. They just might be that that change that would bring about uh you know really what you're what you're desiring in your heart whether it's in your your own personal life, your family, at work, relationships, whatever it might be. I'm going to be giving some scriptures on the show today. Let me just tell you right off the bat, if you want the show notes for all the shows that come up automatically, it's real easy to do now. You don't even have to send an email to me. All you have to do to automatically join the show note list is text my name in one word, Jeff Cavins, one word, Jeff Cavins, to 33777. That's such an easy number to remember, isn't it? Uh, we got the Trinity twice, 33, and then the number seven is the, the number of perfection. It's the number of covenant, you know, three times, 777. So again, that number is 33777, and you will be texting my name, Jeff Cavins. Automatically, you'll be on the list, and uh, you won't have to worry about it anymore. And I do suggest that because I know that so often people listen to the show while driving. Not a good idea to try to write some of these scriptures down when you're driving. Don't want to be responsible for an accident. Uh, We've got a a nice letter from Joy uh, this last week. Peace to you and your family, Joy says. Just want to let you know how how I enjoyed your podcast on bikes and how our Heavenly Father provides for us all all times without without us truly realizing that it is him behind our success in life. And of course, that show that she's referring to is two shows ago, show 137, My First Bike and God's Provision. Joy goes on and says, thank you so much for sharing your insights in seemingly simple things, but truly, they are essential things that we take for granted a lot of the time. Even this podcast may appear so basic but packs a lot of wisdom. Thank you for letting the Holy Spirit guide you to lead others like me to our Heavenly Father through the scriptures that you quote. Thank you, Joy. I appreciate that. And by the way, if you have any feedback to the show or ideas for podcast, you know, themes perhaps that you are wrestling with and you want us to discuss, you can send a note to me via email. It's the Jeff Caven Show 
at ascensionpress.com. The Jeff Caven Show at ascensionpress.com. Social media, I'm uh, Jeff Cavins on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and all, you know, all the regulars. But it's here that I really enjoy communicating. I really do. Okay, so we're talking about three decisions that will change your life. Before we get to those, by the way, I just got to let you know, while I'm thinking about this, or I won't, I won't remember, we do have some availability on our trip this coming January to the Holy Land. Go to my, my website, jeffcavens.com, and all the information is there. And then we have some room yet on the June trip with Father Mike Schmitz to the Holy Land in June. And uh, we have Andrew and Sarah Swafford. We have um, Ali Aliyah, Taylor Tripodi, Brother Isaiah. I mean, we have an incredible crew going with us. And uh, that time is actually running out. If you've been thinking about that for a while, please sign up, register, get your down, your down payment, because uh, the final payments are going to be due in about a month or so. And we want to make sure that you get on that young adult trip to the Holy Land with us. All right. Three decisions that will change your life. Now, I'm going to go through these three these three decisions, and I want you to know that these are things that I have all in my own life really thought about. I mean, there's a lot of things I could come up with, but at this time, there are three decisions that in my life are very, very critical. So I figure if these are three things that I know I need to focus on, they just might be the three things that will change your life. And they're attitude adjustments. They're not, they're not the easiest things in the world. It's not a matter of you know, waking up tomorrow and saying, okay, great, now I've, I've implemented that decision in my life. It's something that you're going to have to work at, something that you're going to, to have to modify your schedule. Certainly, you're going to uh, modify your attitude. You're going to get an attitude adjustment if you're going to be successful in these areas. But I just want to say to you, it, it, it takes a little bit of work. So number one, the number one, these are not in any specific order, but the number one decision is the decision to think of time as a treasure and very valuable. This is a decision and a modification in our, in our thinking that can yield tremendous fruit in our lives. I'm afraid that many of us in our lives these days do waste a lot of time. We really do. You know, time in our culture is something to waste. Time is something to kill. Um, time is something for trivia to fill uh, in, in our lives. And, and I think that we waste way too much time. And one of the big complaints that, that many of us have when asked, well, have you read the Bible lately? And people will say, well, I don't have what? I don't have enough time. And that's what you know, people typically will say is that I, I, I haven't, uh, I haven't the time to do that. Or have you spent the time with your children? Well, I, I don't have time. But you really, when you really look at what we spend our lives on, uh, how we invest our time, or invest it poorly, I, I should say, but we, we find that there's a lot of trivial things in our life that we're giving ourselves over to. And uh, a lot of ways of, of wasting time and filling time where we're sitting at doctor's appointments or drop, you know, waiting to pick up the kids at school. And, and we waste that, that time. We get up in the morning and we give our, ourselves to things that are really inconsequential and really don't make that, that big of a difference. But if we're going to make a decision 
to think of time as a treasure, it means that we really have to be willing to invest and willing to grasp, to go after that chunk of time in the morning, whether it's 20 minutes or a half an hour or the uh, the 15, 20 minutes before the kids come home from school. We're going to make the most of it, right? We're going to make the most of it. Now, it's kind of interesting because we have 24 hours a day, seven days a week, but if uh, we complain to God and say, well, I don't have enough time to do this or that, uh, give me more time, Lord. And the Lord says, okay, right now you've got 24 hours a day, seven days a week. How about if I give you 36 hours a day and we'll do eight, eight days in a week? How about if we, we do that? Well, you know what the result's going to be, don't you? It's going to be a repeat unless we make a decision to think of time as a treasure and very, very valuable. You know, time is the only thing that we have, really, that is the is the currency that allows us to make decisions that are eternal, eternal decisions. And Ecclesiastes 3.11, I'll put in the show notes, God says, He has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, He has put eternity into man's mind. Isn't that something? So you carry within you this sense of eternity. You know, you have eternity in your mind. You have eternity in your heart. And he has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity into man's mind. So there's two things there. One is is the temporal time here, and he gives us everything beautiful in its time. There's a, a time for everything in our lives if we notice it and jump on it. But this is what really makes me think, uh, and I've been thinking about this in the last few days that he puts eternity into our mind, into our, our heart. We are always aware of our eternal life, that we are eternal beings. And if we are eternal beings, we must have an eternal perspective. And if we're going to have an eternal perspective, that means that the finite time that we have here on earth, the 24 hours, seven times a week, has to be looked at differently if we really are eternal beings. Now, if I, if I told you, you're going to live for eternity, and you go, yeah, 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 I know that. I know I'm going to live for eternity. And I say, oh, yeah, I know you know that. And I know I know that. So if that's the truth, and you only have one set of 50 years, 60, 70, 80, 90 years, what are you going to do with it? Because what you do here on earth has eternal perspective. So the decision to think of time as a treasure and very valuable is something that a mature Christian, an activated disciple, would carry. So time's not something that we're going to waste. Now, outside, uh, I, I ran into something. Let me tell you this. In fact, you know what? Let me look here for a second. I, yeah, I'm going to put this in the show notes. I am going to put this in the show notes. I just got back from Poland just a few weeks ago, brought some just lovely people over there, and we had a, a tremendous pilgrimage. In Wadowice, the hometown of Pope John Paul II, or should I say St. John Paul II, St. John Paul II, in his childhood home, and when you sit, in, his childhood home is so modest. There's a living room, a small living room, there's a bedroom, and then a kitchen. The bedroom separates the living room and the kitchen, and the kitchen is quite small and has a little table at, at the window. Outside the window of Pope John Paul II's house is an amazing picture. I'm going to put that picture in the show notes. It's a picture that I took sitting there in the kitchen 
of St. John Paul II's childhood home. So I'm going to show you that picture. And on that picture, that picture, by the way, is on the side of the church he grew up in. It's about literally 25 feet from his kitchen, bedroom, and family room. Oh, man, that, well, that was powerful. But outside of St. John Paul II's house, on the side of the church, there is a, a picture, and the picture says, Time flies, eternity waits. Time flies, eternity waits. What a beautiful picture. What a beautiful thought. And isn't it true? Time flies, and eternity waits. And our lives look like that, don't they? Time flies by. It, it just seems like yesterday I was in high school, and here it's been, it's been many, many years. And it just, time flew by, but eternity waits. And what I do in this, 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 this time period where, where time moves fast, and it's moving faster the older I get, uh, eternity waits. Everything I do is in relationship to eternity. I'm going to put that picture of that image in the show notes, and it's taken right from where he had breakfast every morning. You're going to love it. It's worth uh, its weight in gold, I was going to say. Hey, another thought on this, Ephesians 5.15, Paul says, Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. If you want to make that decision to readjust your thinking, the decision to think of time as a treasure and very valuable, then you need to know what to do with it. You need to make the most of every opportunity, or as one translation says, redeem the time, buy back this opportunity. How do you do that? How do you make the most of every opportunity? You understand what the will of the Lord is. And when you think of what uh, you'd like to achieve in your walk as a Christian. You typically you typically come up with things like, "I want to learn the the Bible. I I want to study the 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 faith in in the Catechism of the Catholic Church. I'd like to volunteer for a mission trip. I'd like to have more time for prayer. I want to send my kids to a great Catholic summer camp." You come up with all these these ideas. Well. Make a decision to think of time as a treasure. Go after that. Redeem the time. Know what the will of the Lord is. Because when you know what the will of the Lord is, you're focused. And maybe your focus is on one of these things that fits right into the will of the Lord for your life and your family. Make the decision to think of time as a treasure. Uh, You know, you can do this in a number of different ways, like uh, the first hour of the day. Don't look at your phone. Don't look at your computer. Spend time with God. Limit your social media and feeling obligated to watch what what, uh, your DVR has recorded. Uh, Guard chunks of time for specific tasks or relationships. Say, I'm going to guard from 7 to 8 tonight to be with my wife. From from 8 to 9 before the kids go to bed, I'm going to give that time to them. You see, make the decision to think of time as a treasure. Nothing really is valuable as is, it is as valuable as your time, and you can get your money back, but you cannot get your time back. Number two, well, I'm going to save it for you because we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to look at number two, and uh, I think you're going to like it. It's another decision that will change your life. So when we come back, we'll do number two and number three. You're listening to The Jeff Caven Show. 
Do you find it difficult to enter into the mysteries of the rosary? What about personally applying them to your life? Drawing from the writings of the saints, the Bible, and Catholic tradition, Matt Fratt has produced Pocket Guide to the Rosary, a masterful work that teaches Catholics how to truly meditate on the mysteries of the rosary, how to pray the rosary like the saints, and so much more. If you're looking to deepen your prayer life and improve the way you pray what St. Padre Pio called the weapon of our times, we invite you to check out Pocket Guide to the Rosary by Matt Frad. To order, visit ascensionpress.com or Amazon. Thank you for coming back. We have two more decisions, two more decisions that will change your life. And that's the name of the show, Three Decisions That Will Change Your Life Before the Break, Decision to the decision to think of time as a treasure and very valuable. Number two, a decision to invest in people, not things. The decision to invest in people and not things, that will change your life. I have always uh, been amazed at talking to people who are older. When I say older, I'm talking about 80 and up, and interviewing them and asking questions about life. Almost 100% of the people that I have, have spoken to that are, that are elderly have said that if they had life to do it over again, they would invest in people and not things. They wouldn't give their time and their precious uh, energy and their finances to things, but they would give their time and their energy and their finances to people. This is a decision and this is a um, an adjustment in our lives that, that does take a lot of rolling up your sleeves and saying, I'm going to do things differently, right? I'm going to do things differently. Rather than investing in extra property or investing in, you know, trying to get that, that, that better car or that boat or whatever it might be, the decision to, to, to invest in people, and you could modify that a little bit if you wanted to. You could say investing in people slash experiences with people, you're going to, you're going to yield a lot more fruit in your life. It's going to, it's going to change your life. And there's a number of, of, uh, of, beings, I'll say, because God is one of them, that you can invest in. For example, God. Have you ever thought of uh, the decision to invest in God? It's like investing your money in the stock market. You're hoping for some kind of growth, some kind of yield, some kind of dividend, right? And you might uh, save it for a rainy day or for retirement. But there's no greater investment in the world than investing in God. And we invest in God by reading his word, by prayer, by uh, engaging in the sacraments. We invest in God in meditation, Lexio Divina, in the morning, the examine prayer in the afternoon. So the decision to invest in God, not things, is very, very good. Investing in people, not things. That would involve your family. So not only do we invest in God, but we invest in our family. How much of each day is carved out for your family? Now, you, we talked just previously about investing uh, or you know, thinking of time differently. It's not something that we waste, but it's a treasure. And that time 
uh, is a treasure, but it's what we do at that time, isn't it? And and if you're investing in your family, it means that uh, it's premeditated. You you are intentional about spending that time with your your children. At the time of this particular podcast, I can tell you what I'm doing right after this podcast. I'm I'm going to be going and uh, visiting with my grandchildren, and after that. I am visiting with uh, someone who is in a hospital and struggling with addiction. And after that, I'm going to invest in my daughter, and she is singing uh, at a place in Minneapolis, and I'm going to go with my wife, and we're going to watch her and spend some time with her. So from right after I'm done with this this podcast with you, which should be around 3 o'clock in the afternoon, all the way till 9 or 10 tonight, I know the three different people I'm going to be investing in, or four or five, five people I'm going to be investing in. And that's family. That's family. I'm doing that. Now, there's a lot of other things I could do, right? Now, I got hobbies and television, you know. And by the way, Houston, I'm so sorry. Boy, you were really disappointed in the World Series, I know. That was yesterday. Huh. I felt bad about that. For you, but Washington, I know you're real happy. That's uh, the first time in years uh, that you have won the world championship. Uh, you haven't won it since your Washington Senators moved to Minnesota and became the Minnesota Twins. I just had to add that in there. So, decision to invest in people. We got God, we got family, friends. You know, the happiest people in the world are the people who have close friends, but close friends don't happen by accident. Close friendships are developed when we decide to invest in them and to give the time to them. And people who are successful, people who yield fruit in their lives, people who make great disciples of the Lord, those are the people who decide to invest in friendships. And then people that the Lord has put in your path in the area of evangelization. What about that? A decision to invest in the people that you just meet throughout the day. Maybe you meet someone standing in a line at the coffee shop and and you say, you know, you, you get to talking to them. You exchange business cards or, or whatever it might be and you say, oh, it'd be nice to talk to you later. Well, pay attention to those because those relationships can change your life and your life can change their life. And so... Rather than investing in things, invest in those people that come across you on the path. Decision number three. This one is really, really important. And I would say that it's something that many of us don't even think about. We don't even think about it very much, and that is this. The first one, of course, is the first one is the decision to think of time as a treasure and very valuable. The second, the decision to invest in people, not things. And the third, a decision to seek wisdom, not trivia. Wow. The decision to seek wisdom and not trivia will change your life. And it'll change it in a radical way. I still remember, and perhaps I've mentioned this on uh, previous shows, something that a priest told me one time. He said, in your time, whether it's reading or whatever it might be, devotions, go deep not wide. Now, there's nothing wrong with going wide, right? I mean, there's a lot of times we want to go wide and learn a lot about a lot of different things within a a topic. But generally speaking, if we're going to have a life-changing experience, if we're going to yield fruit, if we're going to be proficient in the area of our spiritual uh, exercises and spiritual growth, go deep. 
not wide. I've said this about the saints, for example, and developing your own posse, those that you walk with throughout the day, the various saints. You don't want to go wide. You want to go deep. So you you choose four, five, six saints, maybe seven, and you go deep. You learn all you can about them. Well, as I'm talking about this, this topic, wisdom, the decision to seek wisdom is the decision to go deep, not wide. Don't learn a lot about, you know, uh, don't learn a little about a lot of things, but learn a lot about wisdom. James says in uh, chapter 1, verses 5 through 8, it'll be in the notes, ask for wisdom. How do you get wisdom? Number one, you ask for it. You ask for it. Seek it. Seek it. Make a decision to seek it. You start by asking it. How do you do that? Well, it's not very hard, not very complex. It's incredibly profound when you hear me do it, and that is here. Lord, give me wisdom to be a father. Give me wisdom to be a husband. Give me wisdom to be a colleague at work. And James says in chapter 1, he says, starting in verse 5, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives to all men generously and without reproaching, and it will be given him. So number one is that we must ask for wisdom. And this is such an, an elementary thing that, in fact, it seems so easy that we think, well, <laughs> what good is it going to do just to ask? Well, it does a lot of good. If you realize who you're asking, you're asking God. You're asking Jesus, incarnate wisdom, the wisdom of God. You're asking him to give you direction. Maybe you have some knowledge in your life, but you need wisdom. That's the practical application of knowledge. Without applying the information, it remains just information. You need wisdom. God, show me how to navigate with the situation that I'm facing. To those who apply the information of the sages, it's wisdom. And the fruit of wisdom comes by doing, what the, doing, for example, Proverbs or any truth in Scripture. James goes on and says in chapter 3 and verse 13, he kind of backs this up. He says, Who is wise? Let him show by his good deeds in the gentleness of wisdom. Are you wise? Show me. Wisdom is played out in action. And we can ask God for that wisdom. But we have to have a mindset, a mindset that says, I have made a decision to seek wisdom and not trivia. And we are living in a culture today where trivia rules. Trivia is entertainment. Trivia is conversation. Trivia is the, the matter at water coolers. Hey, did you see that video that came out yesterday? I mean, that squirrel on rollers. <laughs> oh, give me a break. This is not what our life is about. Decision to seek wisdom, not trivia. The Bible tells us that instruction is valuable, wisdom is a treasure, and wisdom offers protection. Wisdom brings success and honor. When applied, it is strength. It is strength. So why should we ask for wisdom? Well, the reason is we are dependent upon God. We're independent by nature, but we're dependent upon God in reality, and we cannot solve all of our problems by ourselves. We need, we need help. So, uh, and I, I love this one too, Proverbs 4, 7, the beginning of wisdom. What do you think the beginning of wisdom is? If we're going to make a decision to seek wisdom and not trivia as a, as a means of you know, experiencing a changed life, Proverbs 4, 7 says, the beginning of wisdom is get 
wisdom, start accumulating wisdom, right? Start accumulating it. Now, all wisdom is hidden in Jesus Christ. We know that. And uh, Jesus has given the keys to the kingdom to Peter. The church is the pillar in support of truth. So within this marvelous church, we have so many ways of of obtaining wisdom. Let me give them to you real quickly here. Maybe we should do a whole show on these at some point, but at least let me give them to you now, and you'll get them in the show notes as well. Number one, how do you get wisdom? How do you seek wisdom? If you've made that decision to seek wisdom rather than trivia, number one, the Word of God. The Word of God. Now, the Scriptures, the written Word of God, is something that is available to all of us very readily. It's right there in front of you. You probably have a Bible in your home. And I'm grabbing my uh, starting-to-become-well-worn-out New Great Adventure Bible. I've got it right here, and uh, I love it. And if you you need a Bible, seek out the Great Adventure Bible. This thing is gorgeous, feels good. It has the Bible timeline chart in it. We show you how to read the Bible as a narrative, as a complete story. It's gold. The Catechism of the Catholic Church says about Scripture, even though, uh, about the Old Testament specifically, even though they contain matters imperfect and provisional, the books of the Bible, the books of the Old Testament, bear witness to the whole divine pedagogy of God's saving love. These writings are a storehouse of sublime teaching on God and of sound wisdom on human life, as well as a wonderful treasury of prayers in them. Too, the mystery of our salvation is present in a hidden way. Paul wrote to the Colossians, and he said in Colossians 1.9, And so, from the day we heard it, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. So you see the scriptures talk about even uh, uh, praying that others will be filled with all spiritual wisdom. He wrote to the Ephesians in chapter 1, and he said, He has made known to us in all wisdom and insight the mystery of this will according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan. Isn't that great? I love that. So number one is Scripture. Go after Scripture uh, to, and, and make it a point to get to know it. Now, I don't know of any other source that is as uh, effective in learning God's amazing plan as the Great Adventure Study Bible that we have. Number two, how do we uh, how do we begin to make this decision to seek wisdom rather than trivia? Uh, doing God's word. The Sabbath is at the heart of Israel's law. To keep the commandments is to correspond to the wisdom and the will of God as expressed in his work of creation, the Catechism says. So keeping God's word is corresponding to wisdom, to wisdom. Here's the third one, the Catechism. It's a systematic and organic presentation of God's plan of sheer goodness, even the way that it is organized, it says something about wise living. There are four pillars, and the first pillar is the creed. That's the story in miniature. That's the story of salvation history in miniature. Number two, the second pillar is sacraments and liturgy. That's how you get into God's amazing plan of sheer goodness filled with wisdom. And number three is life in Christ. That's your personal script. That's what you live in this plan of sheer goodness. It's wise living, living the life of Christ. And prayer, 
prayer is also a very, very important point. That is kind of the spice for, you know, for all of life. Here's a fourth way. Get into encyclicals and church documents. Great wisdom for everyday living. Uh, for, I'll give you an example. Familiaris Consortio, Pope John Paul II. It's on the family. Tremendous wisdom, right? Tremendous wisdom. Salvifici Dolores, his document on the, the meaning of human suffering. Tremendous wisdom. Just some ideas. Number five, listening to the elderly and wise people. In other words, read the saints. Read the saints. They have made this journey. They are successful. Listen to them. And number six, I kind of hinted about this a little bit earlier. Don't read a lot. Read well. Don't read a lot. Read well. Don't watch a lot of TV. Watch well. And, and, and go deep. Number seven, prayer. Spend time with Jesus. Proverbs 2, 6, it is, it is the Lord who gives wisdom, and from him comes knowledge and understanding. Oh, I like that. And number eight, recognize our dependence upon God as the source of wisdom. Recognize God as the source of wisdom. I like that. And then number nine, keep a journal of practical wisdom. This is something that I've encouraged people to do for a long time now, is get a Moleskine notebook. Get a notebook that you enjoy and begin to accumulate wisdom, perhaps even uh, having five pages dedicated to marriage, five pages dedicated to children, five uh, pages dedicated to time, to work, to relationships, to friendships, uh, you name it. You give me some ideas, but divide up that moleskin by, by, by categories of thought and then begin to accumulate wisdom. Maybe it's something you read in a book. Maybe it was a scripture. Maybe it's a quote of John Paul II or Pope Benedict XVI or Pope Francis. Maybe you heard something and you go, wow, that's good. Stick it in your journal of practical wisdom. Start a journal of practical wisdom. Well, we packed a lot into this one, didn't we? You know, talking about uh, three decisions that will change your life. The decision to think of time as a treasure and very valuable, and the decision to invest in people and not things, and the decision to seek wisdom, not trivia. Wisdom and not trivia. Those are three things that if you make those adjustments in your life, you're really going to see some, some real change. But again, you got to do it. And you do it by looking yourself in the mirror and saying, Jeff, or your name, I'm, gonna, I'm making a decision today to think of time as a treasure and very valuable. And maybe you want to take these one at a time, but, but uh, take a week and every day write it down on a, on a, a three by five uh, note card. I've got my stack right here, right there. You hear it? That is a stack of, of note cards and I write these types of things down on there, and I put it in my pocket that uh, this week I am not going to waste time. I'm going to make a decision to think of time as a treasure and something that I can make the most of. And uh, you begin to uh, work on that. Well, it's been good to be with you once again this week. Uh, just a, another note, if you want the show notes, remember uh, to text uh, my name, Jeff Cavins, one word, Jeff Cavins, to 33777. That's the number that you text to, 33777, and you'll be on the list for all the show notes in perpetuity. Big way of saying, 
today, tomorrow, and the rest of the year and beyond that. So again, if you are interested in going to uh, Israel with me in January, go to my website. If you want to go with Father Mike Schmitz and myself in June to the Holy Land, you can sign up at jeffcavens.com, get all the information. But time, time is awaiting here. (laughs) I know eternity is too, but time is of the essence on this. Jump on it. Don't waste time. (laughs) Come with us on these great pilgrimages to the Holy Land. Well, pray for me also. I'm coming up on my schedule. I'll be in uh, uh, St. Anthony of Padua, and that's going to be in the woodlands outside of uh, Houston. And that is coming up uh, very soon, actually. As I look at my calendar here, uh, that's coming up on the 15th and 16th of November. 15th and 16th of November. And I'm going to be at a huge conference in Oklahoma City on Saturday, December 7th. And I'm going to be talking about uh, activated disciples there. I want to pray for you. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Lord, we thank you, and we love you, and we pray, Lord, that that uh, that you would help us to make these key decisions about time, about people, and about wisdom, that we would seek you, and we would bear fruit in all these areas, but help us, Lord, help us to make the decision, and a good decision, followed up by action. We pray this in your name, Amen. Name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, my friend. I love you, and I'm praying for you, and would ask you to continue to pray for me and my wife and my three daughters, son-in-law, three grandchildren. Thank you so much. God bless you.